Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the real side of wrestling. We've got a great show tonight, but before we get into that, I just want to let everybody know coming up June the 20th, Indianapolis, Indiana, Game Changer Wrestling returns. And I cannot wait to be a part of this show. The lineup that has been announced already is spectacular. Trey Lamar, Myron, Myron Reed, the King, Nick Effing Gage. All will be in attendance of this show. If you, it's sold out. The only way you can see this show now is live on Fight TV. So go to Fight TV, put in the code Game Changer Wrestling, get your days free, and watch the. Uh, uh, no, 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 that's that's out of your TV. Sorry, you can't get free stuff on on Fight. Go to Fight TV and order the pay per view. It's fifteen dollars. All right, June the twentieth. Other than that, Jesse, how's your weekend, buddy? I, I know you've been out busy. Yeah, um, it's been pretty well, man. I've been I've been putting in a lot, clocking a lot of time watching wrestling and uh, listening to some other other podcasts and shows and things. But lots of work, lots of uh, we're looking at trying to get the old bar open back up and see what kind of possibilities there are there. So that's been interesting, to say the least. But um, you know, we've got some some activities in town, um, protest wise and things like that. That's kind of the state mm-hmm. of the world. So I've I've definitely been uh, active in attending those and going on a couple of different marches and things along those lines. So you know yeah. it's a, it's it's different, but it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Well, you know what? My hat goes off to you for for getting out and using your white privilege for something positive. And for those of our listeners that don't agree with me, you don't have to agree with me. That's your right. But if you're a white person and you don't recognize that we have white privilege. You need to step back and take a look at the bigger picture, and and, that, and I'm just going to leave my political rant at that. Let's get right into tonight's show. I'm excited, man. This is the first international star we've had ever, I think, um, in the history of this show, and we've been on the air on and off since 2009. Um, so without any further ado, the winner of the first, and I'm going to butcher this. I know. Matter of fact, Jesse, just so I don't butcher it, please, the winner of the first ever Oh, the first ever Slavonic Violets Deathmatch Tournament in Eastern Europe. Slavonic. I, I, for some reason, I just cannot spit that word out. Slavonic. Uh, but the winner of the first Slavonic Violets Deathmatch Tournament in Eastern Europe, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, Alex Nabiv. I just yeah, said we got hello, comrade. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> you know, you're so, the first uh, American who speak my... Uh, less name correct, you know. Oh, I did say it right, Nabev. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, buddy, buddy, I, I'll be honest with you. It was a shot in the dark, and I meant to ask you how to pronounce it the other day when we were talking off the air, uh, and completely forgot. So I'm glad I said it right. Um, but man, thank you so much for your time. I know it's what four o'clock in the morning where you're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, did you stay up all night for this interview, or did you go to sleep and get up? I go to sleep and get up, you know. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll try not to uh try not to make you sleepy, okay? Because I know it's early. Uh, let Let's get right into it. Let Let's tackle this. Yeah, Slavonic violence. They, I'm I'm look. Twitter is going to go crazy because the host can't talk. Okay, but that's okay. Follow us at uh, the real side of on Twitter. So uh, there you go, Alex. Talk to me about this tournament, man. It's the first death match tournament in Eastern Europe. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of work that went into putting this together. 
how much how much of that work did you have to actually put in to help put this together? Oh, you know, I, I wasn't a promoter or booker or something. I just came to the tournament and win it and it's all, you know. About 10 hours on the road and I'm here at the tournament, Slavonic Violence. Or maybe Slavic Violence will be better for you to understand. Or Slavonic, how do you think? There you go. There you go. So... Walk us, walk us, kind of walk us through the uh, the tournament. Who did you take on in the first round? Uh, Megadon Cross. All right, and obviously you, you did win the first tournament, so we all know you won that match. Any any takeaways from from your first round matchup there? Mm, first round uh, is the round where I like uh, burned my feet, and it was blocked blocked on official Goki City Wrestling channel because of violence. YouTube reported it or some shit. <laughs> Wow. So so it was too violent for YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. 200 views and uh, YouTube blocked it. You know. Wow. Oh, wow. That's that's tragic. Now, was it just that one match or did they block kind of everything? Uh, only this match. So you went real I mean, hard in the paint. <laughs> that's, that, that has to be an yeah. exception to the rule. Lord. That was my worst injury, by the way. I was in hospital for like a month or so. They had like a surgery, transplanted my skin from the hip to my feet and all that stuff. So you had to have a bunch of skin grafts. I couldn't even like shit by myself because I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair and in pain. It was, that shit was awful, you know. So, so that begs the question, and I mean, you know, there, there's no shame in not continuing when the injury is is that bad. What I mean, obviously, we we all know you were going to go over in the show, but was was the the fact that you were going over the only reason you continued? I mean, I, I would have probably gone to the hospital then. You know, after the first round, uh, actually, the tournament was. Uh, shut down because the ring was on fire, it was destroyed, me was destroyed too, but uh, for the first uh, like 30 minutes I couldn't understand if it's something wrong with my feet or not. Uh, but after that I was in the hospital, my friends rushed me into it, there was a lot of questions because uh, there's not a big amount of people in Russia who understands what pro wrestling is, what death matches is. You know, I just lied to them that I was at the barbecue and uh, it was an accident, you know, and they believed me. I don't know how, because, like, I have uh, four scars, like, four holes in my forehead because of the fork that was in it right before. And, guys, you know, I sorry me, because sometimes I, uh, I sound like a Middle East uh, taxi driver, but... <laughs> Who is the English I know? <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. Um, <laughs> a Middle Eastern taxi driver. I, I think that's the first time that's ever been used on this show. Uh, so, so real quick, I got, I got a description of my English. You know what I mean? Well, I'll be honest with you, Alex. You know, I, I've been around some some people that, that had Russian gimmicks, and there were times I couldn't understand them, and they were just doing a gimmick. So... Um, <laughs> for for somebody you who's know, Russian, to the gimmick. No, no, I I get that. That's what I'm saying. For somebody that's from Russia, that you know, this is your life. You speak very, very good English. So I would have to about the chicken that I cooked. 
This is well, a good I mean, story to tell, actually, because now I have a pancreatitis because I ate that shit for a long time, you know? <laughs> Looks like human uh, can eat that chicken, can't eat the chicken that I cook. So, well, I've seen pictures of some of the chicken you cook, Alex, and, and cooking is not your forte. I, th- I think you should probably <laughs> stick to deathmatch wrestling. And did you saw the picture with the toilet paper full of blood <laughs> after that, no? I, I, I did. What what was that all about? I don't know, man, with some some crazy shit with my uh, organs, you know what I mean? Now, if I drink beer, I have a hit or, or something, or how you call this. I have pancreatitis now because of my diet. Did you say you have kitties now because of your diet? <laughs> no, I, I said, like, I have temperature now when I drink or eat that kind of chicken, you know. Got you. Okay, okay, you temp the chicken. Okay, I got you. Okay, I, I just completely misheard that. I did too. Let's get back to the deathmatch tournament, okay? So, how many people were originally booked on this show? Oh, uh, there was people from, not even Russia, but uh, from Ukraine too. It's uh-huh. some no-name country from Eastern Europe, as well as Russia, and, uh, you know, there was, like, about uh, 10 or 20 people booked in it. And and you guys didn't make it past the first match before the show was canceled? Is that what I understood? Mm, we have, like, uh, the first round matches. So my okay. match was from the first round, it was the last match from the first round, and after that, the show was canceled, like, shut it down. Gotcha. When when you said they shut it down, are you, are you referring to the officials, the promoters, the booker? Who who made that call? Uh, bookers, promoters, you know, guys who uh, who run this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because ring was destroyed because of fire. Uh, it was a big hole in the ring, <laughs> and I was in hospital, and a few guys too was in hospital. Like uh, Wolfgang Storm, uh, the guy from Ukraine. He was barefoot in his match, and he used light tubes, and he sliced his feet very bad. He had oh. a surgery at that night, too. Oh, Lord. Uh, I, I, my hat's off to anybody that works barefooted. Necro Butcher and Drake Younger's done it, and uh, Scotty Vortex, Ian Rotten, J.C. Bailey. Uh, the list goes on and on, but, man, uh, my feet are my favorite part of my body because they keep me going. <laughs> uh, I could never do anything to hurt them. I like their food matches, and uh, like a tribute to the Necro Butcher now, I have uh, regular matches barefoot too. So, so Necro Butcher is one of your idols. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's say? my favorite deathmatch wrestler. You know, really? I like a lot of wow. guys, uh, Necro Butcher, Mad Ben Ponder. I like uh, the originals of deathmatches in the USA, you know. So, you're, you're very, very young. You've only been in the business uh, about five years, uh, you know, uh, about a cup of coffee. And uh, you're you're what 21, 22 years old. 21, yeah, but I look like okay. 30 years old, you know. Well, that that tends to happen when you destroy your body on a regular basis, and and that, that is what it is, uh, you know. I, I, or I, if I'm you a live in Russia, you know. or if you live in I mean, well, you got to elaborate a little bit more on that. I mean, well, what about living in Russia makes you look 10 years older than you are? Of course, you know, children in school looks like an old man. <laughs> Uh, living in Russia is not so good, by the way, but wow. you can see That's, it uh, by, by a look at the Slavonic violence. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
So you, you mentioned Madman Pondo and, and some of the original Deathmatch workers. Can you remember, like, the first time you saw American Deathmatch Wrestling and thought, man, this is what I want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I remember it was, like, 2009 or 2008. Uh, I saw a music video on Russian social network, and uh, there was, like, a lot of movements from IWM itself and the CZW. And I fell in love with it. You know, it was so bad, it's so cool. And I saw uh, Madman Pondo versus uh, Ian Rotten Schizo's mm-hmm. Accident from CZW Boot Bad 2000. Oh, yeah, the scissors deal. I remember that. Lord, yeah. That was nasty, nasty, nasty. Yeah,
than Rory. Uh, the, the man is just a machine. Uh, so to know that Slack kind of went through that, you know, uh, you know, speaking of training, let me, let me ask you about that. If wrestling's not very big over there, are there like schools for wrestling or are you 100% self-taught? You know, how, how did you even get broke into the professional wrestling industry? So we have three, uh, wrestling schools here in Russia now, and we have like five promotions here. So in whole Russia, we have five promotions. It's the small ones. You know, the biggest promotion have like 200 people in the crowd. That's the biggest one. And it's the first uh, our promotion that was opened in 2002, uh, IWF or NPAV on Russian language. Uh, so I was trained in Goki City Wrestling School. Uh, it was a small promotion in my hometown. And there were uh, were guys who was trained and all have matches in like our biggest promotion. There were like five of them and they trained us. I was in school for like six months or so and I was a referee by that time. While I was training, I was a referee. So I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask about that because I am a referee. I've been a referee for over 22 years. You know, got to tell us a little bit about your experience as a referee. You know, was it something that you enjoyed doing? Um, I know your sights were always set on pro wrestling, but should that have not been materialized as your dream, would you have stuck with being a referee? Would that have been enough for you to feed this hunger? I wanted to be a wrestler. That's why I attend to the wrestling school. And uh, I was a referee only while I was in training. No. Was it, but again, was it something that you enjoyed doing while you were training? I mean, did you, you know, were you able to, you know, kind of embody it? Mm, you mean while I was a referee or what? I, I don't understand you, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it yeah, while, while, you, were, while you were in training I wanna do it, being a referee. I want to do a special, like, guest referee once again. That was fun at the school. Right on, right on. I always enjoyed being a referee. I think, I think we get a, I think we get a bad rap, but, you know, that is what it is. Um. Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute. Yeah, man. I was just kind of curious about a couple of things. Uh, do I have this right that you're, uh, you got a birthday coming up here in a couple of weeks? Am I wrong about that? Mm, you mean my birthday? Yeah. Yeah, June 22. All right, man. Well, happy early birthday to you. Um, I, thank I you, noticed, man. Thank you. As I was looking up statistics on you, I was trying to figure out, you know, how long. Uh, you know, I'm I'm big on trying to find debuts, and I, I feel like that helps put together the story. And when I looked and saw the birthday, I had to look twice. So I was like, man, this cat's young. Um, yeah, yeah, like 21 years old for now. I'm just curious about. Uh, I know that. So obviously, a lot of people's exposure in foreign countries, your initial exposure to wrestling at all, in a lot of ways, is kind of like pop culture stuff. A lot of WWF, WWE, so on and so forth. When you stumbled across the deathmatch stuff and and decided that you really enjoyed it, what was? I mean, so it's pretty much all internet. And like, how does that go over there? Is it? it um, forgive my ignorance, but is it highly censored? Is it hard to find? You know. Small amount of people knows about pro wrestling in general here, and more smaller group knows about death matches. So it's complete underground here, and I'm just uh, one of the first guys to doing this in Russia. I have, I read somewhere that you were in the very first Taipei death match in Eastern Europe. Yeah, Is that yeah, yeah. Yes. 
What's the story on that one? It was last match in Goki City Wrestling in where like last uh, venue, you know. So it was uh, very cold, and we did this ma- match uh, at the end of the winter, and there was like zero temperature. In the venue, by that time, uh, fans was in a winter clothes, uh, but we were like, you know, without shirts and all that stuff. That's what I remember from this match. It was bloody, it was cool. You can find it on YouTube. It is Taipei and Light Tubes match, first Taipei in Eastern Europe. And after that, we did a Moiran Boran death match. Oh, wow. It's a broken glass on your knee pads and on your fist. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds extremely insane. Um, the, uh, in our federation, you can find it on YouTube too. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, The so I, I, I listened to an interview that you were on um, a little over a year ago, and you just kind of touched on it a little bit, and I sort of want to lean into it, that wrestling in general isn't very popular over there at all. I mean, has any of that landscape changed? Because it seems like wrestling has been catching on more and become more in the limelight all across the world from the perspective of somebody living in America. But I'm just curious if that's this, I mean, is it starting to gain popularity over there, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Now we have uh, WWE on Russian TV. Now we have, like, first magazine about pro wrestling in Russia. And, uh, like, one year ago, we had uh, only, like, two or three federations now we have five of them you know it's uh gained more population popularity now in russia i think so but yeah. uh, still it's like a baby for russia you know what i mean because uh, pro wrestling in usa was started uh, at the beginning of the century and here it was started in 2000 that's just such an insane perspective to think about honestly i'm kind of curious about you know when you say they they finally put wwe on television over there and some people are getting into it do you find that people that become familiar with wwe happen across deathmatch wrestling and are very confused maybe they go to a show that you're on with deathmatch wrestling thinking that it's going to be much like something they saw on TV, and then they're, like, surprised. Oh, I, I don't know. You know, we have uh, a lot of fans of death watches now here because Russian people are so violent, they uh, love to watch blood and all that stuff. Sometimes we have problems with promoters because death matches have more fans sometimes, more views on the Internet sometimes. Uh, but yeah. we're plenty fans of WWE, too. That makes sense. Um, in terms of your uh, growing up, and things like, and again, forgive my ignorance, but, you know, learning English in an environment like living in Russia and being able to, like, do business with folks and adapt and look at that kind of stuff. I mean, was that something that started at an early age? Was there a decision that led to it? Or was it just sort of you decided at some point that you needed, you were going to pick it up? Uh, you know, I like English since my childhood. Uh, I really like it language. It's international language. It's, like, sounds cool <laughs> and uh, at school we have uh, english lessons but uh, all my friends uh, all class uh, didn't uh, want to teach it but i wanted to teach it and also i learned english from movies because i like to watch english movies american movies with subtitles and all that stuff that makes sense i guess the uh proverbial elephant in the room so to speak is this crazy worldwide disease scenario that um, 
COVID-19, which has changed a lot of things for a lot of people and shut down shows all over. And I know in America and some other countries that it stopped indie workers from being able to do very much and nobody can be in front of crowds over here and stuff yet still up until, I mean, it's starting to reopen kind of, but not quite yet. What's uh, What's the environment like where you are in terms of being able to throw shows and just like day-to-day life we have like something like a lockdown now and don't have shows of wrestling now here too my last match was uh, like on the tape like without crowd you know what i mean was that like back in march maybe ish something like that yeah 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 yeah. it was like uh, in march or april are they uh are they having discussions about opening back up to your knowledge or is everybody just trying to Still on lockdown. Still on lockdown. I, I don't know. Maybe autumn will be like the first shows of wrestling. I hope. At least autumn. I hope. The situation is crazy. <laughs> I haven't heard somebody refer to fall as autumn like ever in my life. That. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you, Alex. I am. Let me ask you. You know, a lot of people, uh, especially here in the states. You know, it's kind of a mixed uh, crowd as to whether or not, you know, uh, these shows without crowds uh, are actually a good thing. Um, it, it sounds to me like in Russia, you know, you said so yourself, that, you know, the biggest show draws 200. Uh, so I'm assuming most of the other shows are probably in the 50 to 100 people vicinity. Is that is that about accurate? Yeah, like 50, 40 people. In a crowd, mm-hmm. most of all, in the small shows. So, so how big are the venues? I mean, are they, you know, rather smaller, more intimate venues where, you know, 50 people could be viewed as or maybe sound like it's more than 50 people? Uh, you know, small shows always have a small venues, as I understand. And the uh, b- biggest shows of the year, of course, have more bigger venues. So like for 100 people, 200 people. Why do you why do you think that there that, that wrestling isn't more popular there? I mean, we have uh, more fans now. We uh, like in the whole Russia, we have a magazine about wrestling now. I think there's some progress in wrestling in Russia now. I hope so, mm-hmm. at least. Now you all do have a lot of uh, MMA groups there, correct? A lot of mixed martial arts gyms. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. Uh, have a lot of fans of MMA, a lot of fans. Do 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 most fans not draw a a uh, some some sort of semblance between deathmatch wrestling and the MMA? I mean, I, I I know for a fact that a lot of the Deathmatch fans here in America love MMA for that reason because it, it, it's about as close as you can get to deathmatch wrestling um, <laughs> if it's not on TV. Um, you know, I mean, you guys have got some some really big MMA stars there. Khabib, uh, not a mo- I can't say his name either. Khabib, uh, <laughs> the the guy that fought Conor McGregor and then beat up the entire team afterwards, which was amazing to watch live. Um, you know, as well as many, many others. Um, if MMA is taking off over there, and, and I assume, you know, that, that's a, got a pretty big following, yeah? Yeah, we have a way more fans of MMA than, than for wrestling, for sure. A lot of people love MMA here. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people from USA uh, said my uh, last name, like, not in the BF, they said Nabib. <laughs> she was hilarious, you know. That's so wrong. That's horrible. Uh, well, you know, 
I, I asked the MMA question because I'm a fan of both. I, I love the MMA. I think it's sad Conor McGregor just retired for, what, the sixth time. I think he's almost caught up to Terry Funk. Um, <laughs> um, as far as the most retirements go, um, are you a fan of the MMA at all or, or just wrestling, period? MMA, too. I like, you know, all combat sports, like boxing, kickboxing. I like it. I like MMA, too. But uh, more, I like to play UFC and PlayStation and stuff. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, I got I got the UFC three on the PS four. Might have to might have to get on there and, and show you what what the knockout artist is all about. But uh, we'll we'll work that out on another time. I, I was going to ask. I'm I'm a little curious about the video game element in Eastern Europe and in Russia specifically. I as a fan for me of wrestling. When I was a child, video games were a very big part of it. I, I found out about so many wrestlers and moves and, and got obsessed with it. Largely, the video games were a huge thing for me. Was that prevalent for you at all after you discovered wrestling? So, you know, first game of wrestling that I played was WrestleMania on Sega. You understand wow. me? Oh, yeah. Wow. That was the first game. I like it. I like it. It was a cool. That brings back some great memories. Yeah, yeah. I have Genesis. Sega even now. Me. I like you it. You still console. have the Sega Genesis? I have it. I have. And I have WrestleMania game too. I play it sometimes. Good memories. Nostalgia. Absolutely. God, I wish I wish I still had my old uh, Super Nintendo. The what was the first one on there? Was it the Royal Rumble or Raw? I can't remember which what what the game was. But man, that was the first wrestling game that I played. Um, no, no, it wasn't. WrestleMania was for the original Nintendo. Lord, oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the last one. Everything was like brown. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just a, it was just a little bit better. What was that other pro wrestling game that had like, uh, the missing link on it? Um, was it just called oh, pro wrestling? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was just pro wrestling. It had like, uh, Tiger King and the missing link and uh, a couple other well-known, um, regional stars as, as, as we'll call them now um was was that one was that a game that was released over in russia as well what what game it was just called pro wrestling no no no. i never played it i don't know that was a, so, that was an oldie too though i mean that would have oh, been oh lord yeah 85 yeah, 86 you know we had, had double or wcw on tv at the beginning of 2000s and there was a big fan base here but they canceled it on TV for some reason, and after that, uh, the amount of fans of wrestling starts to be smaller and smaller every year, if you understand what I just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> just, Jesse, what, what are you confused about? So, being 21, a Sega Genesis is pretty... I mean, I, I, I was thinking that, too. Even Russia is difficult. <laughs> So, so, I mean, that, that begs the question. I mean, you know, the the Sega Genesis came out here in what, uh, 88, 89? Something, something no, like that? it was after that. The Genesis would have been, been like probably, I'm, I'm going to wager to say maybe 92 or 93. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, uh, you're 21, so <laughs> you would not have even been born yet when that came out. Lord have mercy. You know, I first played Sega in 2006. And it worked. Obviously, it worked, and it, and it still works. That, that's 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 even more amazing. Is, is is you have a Sega Genesis that works in 2020? 
Um, I don't know anybody that has an original that still works. Jesse, do you? I'm a wrestler, man. Don't forget it. I do. I have I have some friends who that's kind of their their thing is uh, retro video game consoles. So I, I I do know some folks that have working. And now they're putting out these the newer ones that are like throwbacks. So it's just a little box that plugs into your TV and is pre-programmed with a bunch of games. So that's cool for. For some people too. You know, I'm kind of curious. The uh, when you when you when you trained to wrestle and you got into the business and you were doing the referee thing while you're in school, all that stuff was your training. I mean, how did the deathmatch thing? I know you're a fan of it, and that's what you wanted to do. How did that get incorporated into the training part? Like, were were the people that ran your school very familiar with and friendly towards deathmatch wrestling, or was that something that you just kind of did on your own? I did it on my own. Uh, you know, people in Goku City wrestling. Uh, they said to me that I'm like stupid and crazy with, because I wanted to do death matches, you know what I mean? And uh, I did it at my own, I live and learn and all that stuff. I, we used skinny light tubes, we used uh, not burned light tubes like the new ones. We had a lot of mistakes because we're the first guys who did it. So yeah, you didn't have you didn't have anybody who lead you could take like a mentor in. You maybe no, trying to work no, 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 no. a little easier. No, you know in Russia people called me a professor of hardcore nowadays because I'm like a mentor for young guys who want to do death matches here. I do all advices and all help that I can because I'm the only one who knows how to walk death matches properly here. I mean, that's pretty impressive. How, uh, like, so yeah. can you speak a little bit more to that? Are you like, I mean, serving as a mentor to those kids in the death match part, are you kind of helping train them too? Or is it pretty much just like helping them formulate stuff and maybe like help them not die? I give him uh, proper information about how to walk death matches uh, because I had a lot of mistakes and now I know how to do it uh, and not to die on the ring. And now I know what. You can't use gasoline and other stuff. I just gave him advices, and I have some articles in Pro Wrestling Magazine in Russia. I said about hardcore wrestling worldwide in this article. But, but, but back up just, just, a, just a spot, because I think we missed this when we were talking about the Deathmatch tournament. I know you said the ring was caught on fire, but yeah. I don't think you specified that you used gasoline. Yeah, we used gasoline. You know, uh, we used fire for the first time at that moment, and we don't have a lot of fluid. We have some uh, shit for barbecue, and uh, most of the time when we wanted to use it, uh, it, it just doesn't fire, you know what I mean? So uh, this time we thought uh, we fired 100%, uh, that's, because we, that's why we used gasoline, the cheapest Russian gasoline that you can find. I'm just curious, what is the cheapest Russian gasoline? I mean, here we have great, you know, premium, ultra, unleaded, 100% gas for, for boats. What, what, did you all have different grades, or I'm, I'm, I'm confused? We, we call it uh, 92. <laughs> That's the name of uh, gas. <laughs> that, that, see, your, your cheap gas is all mid-grade gas. Yeah. Wow. Maybe they're watering the shit down over here. <laughs> so you know what 92 means? Because I don't. I, I don't have a car. It, 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 it's the octane. That, it's the amount of octane that's in the gasoline, I believe. Is that is that correct, Jesse? Ah, uh, shit. I'm not. I, I wouldn't call myself a gasoline expert. I also don't drive, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that that question would be better for Jesse Fields, who we had on last week. Uh, that, that's kind of his, his foray is... is 
yeah, he, he knows a lot about a lot of things, and, and I just, I'm not real sure. But I think it's the amount of octane that's actually in the gas. Um, maybe, maybe. That's, that, wow. So, so you didn't have lighter fluid, you improvised, you used gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and obviously that, that was a lesson learned, you're not going to do that again. I, I, walk me through the thought process here. I mean, I, I get that you wanted to have fire, but and, and I get that it's a death match, but at, at what point, and, and I've asked this question a few times to, to a lot, to a few diff, death match stars, you know, at what point is too much too much, and we have to kind of draw the line in the sand and say, okay, this, this is a little too dangerous. I think the line uh, is different for everybody. So, like, we used gas, uh, and it was a bad idea use two, uh, one bottle of, gla- of gas and be barefoot. It was a big mistake. But as I said, I have no limits. Uh, maybe, maybe, if uh, I need to, I will use it again, but that's not a good idea. Yeah, please don't. I, I, I beg <laughs> you, please never, ever, ever use gasoline again in a match. Um, that would be great. I'd really like to see you have a long career. Um, I wanted to. I'm, I'm, look, it, it's not very often that I can't find words, and, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speechless because gasoline. Okay, that that wow. Oh, I mean it 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 catches on fire, you know. I, it's uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I guess if nobody is 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 has done this, then it, you get to a point where that may. I mean, so gasoline obviously leads to this horrific foot injury, but like you've obviously worked since you injured your foot, right? Um, what what do you mean? You've done you've wrestled you, since you injured your foot. I don't understand. I was in the hospital for a month and uh, like. I was in a, a wheelchair for two more months, two, one or two, I don't know. Right, but, but the, 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 the accident happened last year, and, and you, you've wrestled since then, correct? Of course, of course. So my foot injury was in like uh, July or June, and I wrestled again in September or November. Do, I mean, do you find that you were, were you moving different? Was it different? After having to get the skin grafts and like re- you know figure out all the stuff with with the foot and whatnot. You know, first of all, I jumped on one foot and well, it healed up. Uh, I came to the ring as soon as I can. And you know, at my first match after injury, during the match, my foot bleeding was in blood. It was in pain too, but I didn't care about it. I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to fight. So, it, I mean, is it something that you, like, are you at the point now where you're not, like, constantly thinking about it, or is it something that you, you're pretty much always kind of, like, super conscious of? You mean my foot? My injuries? Yeah. Your injuries? Not so right. I, I can't feel it. I mean, <laughs> I mean in, a, in a good way, I can't feel it. It's, it's normal now. Yeah. Just, just foot. A little bit ugly, but it's okay. Hey, you know, whatever. That works. Well, too. I mean, just, just like me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, 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 did you say you cannot feel your foot? No, I, I mean in a good way. I, I don't feel pain in it like, now. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha, okay. okay. <laughs> I had a lot of chances to burn my balls during that fire accident. Oh, wow. You, you had a lot of chances to burn your balls? like since Yeah, then, I had a lot of chances. Because my pants was in fire. Completely in fire, you know. I, I'm, I'm glad you specified that because I was, I'm sitting here going, 
what would possess a worker of any sort to put their balls on fire, uh, <laughs> even if it is to just get over it. Just by accident. Um, that, it's a it's a good thing that it didn't right. happen, and I think we all agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You you do know that you use you, you do use that part of your body to procreate, right? Like like you could have some little Alex's one day if you kept that part of your body safe. Actually, you know, fireballs is a good spot for wrestling. I think. Fireball. <laughs> it's a whole different. There's a new definition of fireballs. Fireballs. It's entertaining. <laughs> I will never, I will never again drink cinnamon whiskey at the same. That, that's, that's dead for me. Um, shit, I don't Fireball was one of my. Hey, Fireball's some good shit. All right, I won't, I won't stand for last this talk on my show. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sitting here drinking tequila. I can't say much, but I don't know about that cinnamon whiskey, John. Hey, now cinnamon whiskey, man, that shit'll put a hurting on you. Believe you me. Hey guys, do you like vodka? Cause I'm I not. do. I do. I, I, uh, I, I, that was my thing for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm a, I worked in the music industry for a long time, and my favorite bar was directly across the street from the club that I ran. And so I was there a lot, and I developed a real shitty drinking habit and a real high fucking tolerance. And so for years, vodka shots were kind of my, I, I would literally get like, I would have water or a soda or something and then just have vodka shots. But I would take like, if I was there for two hours, I'd take like 16. You know what I mean? It hit a point where I was like, how in the hell were you walking? <laughs> Jesus. Homie, I, 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 you could tell me just as easily as I could tell you. I have no fucking idea, but it was. I was functional. I did all the math right. Everybody got paid. I have no fucking clue. But that's, that's awesome. But, um. I had to, I had to kind of, I had to kind of move away from the clear for a little bit because when I get on the dark liquor, I don't drink as much of it, and it's a little bit, you know, better for me. I, I, I imagine, I mean, I hate to Russian and vodka and so on and so forth, but I mean, what's your, what's your poison, Alex? I like beer very much. I'm a yeah. I like beer, like strong beer. What's the strongest beer you have out there? It depends yeah. on what kind you're talking about. Like alcohol by volume, I think, but ice is like domesticated beer is the strongest, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, if you're talking about shit that you just, like, casually buy in a gas station, um, I'm pretty sure that that's, like... See, in, in Tennessee, specifically, it used to be that 6.29% was the cutoff uh, before yeah, it was considered here. It's not that way now. I think they raised it to, like, 10.5% or something like that a couple of years ago. Whoa. But, okay. But, uh, but that's, like, that's your crafty shit. That's, like, oh. that's when you get your specific breweries that are doing real crazy, super dark stuff or real crazy, super hoppy IPA stuff, and I think IPAs taste like feet. I can't do that shit. So, so you're not a you're not a Steve Austin Broken School fan, huh? I'm a Steve Austin fan. You don't like his beer. I'd like to no. drink it. I'd like to drink it. You know, in I, Russia, I, I, I found uh, like 18 percent of alcohol beer. 18. And 18. Yeah, that's what I found in Russia, and after a few. Liters of that shit. It was a bar fight <laughs> in a bar, you know. <laughs> and when I came back to the bar after a few weeks later, they said they uh, don't sell this beer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I bet not. So, speaking of bar fights and fighting, period. I, I love watching on like Facebook Watch and YouTube. I love watching like uh, fight compilations, you know, street fight compilations. Uh, more specifically, the ones from uh, Eastern Europe and uh, the Middle East and, and stuff of that nature because 
you guys over there, y'all, y'all just don't fuck around. Somebody cut you off in traffic, you're going to cut them right off yourself and then get out, pull them out of the car, smack them around, put them back in the seat, get in your car and drive off. And nobody gives <laughs> yeah, a fuck. Yeah. It, it, traffic that is the rush like the is most the amazing sh- thing. You know the craziest uh, drunken brawl I had on the street? It was like two or three years ago. And at the end of the brawl, I just ate the man's uh, eyebrow. I mean, that's not a joke. That was an accident. I was too drunk to understand what I'm doing, and, like, I bite it off my opponent's eyebrow. I mean, I gotta know about this. Like, what brought this on, other than alcohol? Uh, I drank a few bottles of vodka, a lot of beer. I was too drunk. And, uh, like, we're fighting... Uh, we start to, we started fight in a bar and uh, after that it's like was a teleportation to the street. That's what I remember. We were even fighting on a highway. It was like uh, it was looked like a fight between Peter Griffin and the uh, chicken. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was similar to it. And uh, you know at the end I remember like I sitting on my opponents and like. I was too tired to punch him, uh, and my face uh, was in pain, and I just butted off his eyebrow, and uh, it was the end of the fight. <laughs> she decided to leave after so. that. At, uh, at the next morning, like, when I woke up, I was, uh, like, uh, nude and uh, covered in blood, like, uh, fucking GGR, you know, and uh, I just split from my mouth. Uh, like human skin, a little piece of human skin I had in my mouth at the next morning. And uh, after that, I had a phone call from like uh, one of my friends, and he said, "Man, you're crazy. You're stupid as you just bited off his eyebrow last night." And I'm like, "What?" And uh, after that, I remembered most of the parts of from that, that night. So uh, I don't drink vodka nowadays. <laughs> it's not good for health. Or oh, alcohol. Oh my God. Yeah, it I, certainly you know, answers some of the... <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jesse. I, I, was gonna say, I, don't drink, I don't drink vodka at all because I, the smell of it just... I, I yeah, can't. yeah. Taste and smell, it should suck. Yeah, well, my mom, God love her, God rest her soul. Um, she, she's watching down in heaven, and I, I don't mean this derogatory, Mom. I love you. But she, she gave me a shot of hot vodka, Smirnoff 80 proof, at five, at, at five years old, okay? Yeah, five. Uh, we, they were sitting around drinking, and, you know, me being, you know, who I am, I'm just like, hey, you know, uh, I, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want to try it. I want to try it. I want to try it. And finally, she poured me just, you know, just a little shot. It wasn't even a full shot. It was just a little shot. And she said, here, take it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I took it, but uh, I'll never drink it again. Did you drink a rubin alcohol? Ever? No. No. You know, that's my favorite. In, in Russia, we have like 95% uh, uh, of alcohol, like pure alcohol. Uh, and I mixed it with uh, like Coca-Cola or Red Bull or something, and that shit works very well. 
like a little, uh, little amount of uh, pure alcohol, like Ruben or something, like 95%, a little amount of it, and a lot of Coca-Cola, that's great. You, you, you can't taste uh, that alcohol taste, and uh, you're drunk after a few shots. I'm, I, I just I feel the need to clarify. You're saying a little bit of rubbing alcohol? In, you in know, I, I don't know how to translate it correctly, but I mean like pure alcohol, 95% of alcohol. So like, I, I mixed it with Coca-Cola, Fanta, a little amount of alcohol. Like, and you, uh, Do you mean the type that you use for medical stuff or do you mean like Everclear or just like super strong liquor? No, I mean medical stuff. Holy shit. That's my favorite uh, alcohol drink ever. Because when you drink it, uh, you don't feel like alcohol at all. You you can taste it. You you feel like you taste only Coca-Cola or some soda. Uh, but you're drunk after a few shots. And it works like better than marijuana, you know? It, 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 it's like a real smooth booze, smooth feeling inside the head. I like it. Uh, so, like, uh, at the semi-finals of Slavonic Islands, I was like after five shots of rubbing alcohol with Coca-Cola or Red Bull or some sort of shit. I was too drunk in the semifinals. We had 100 light tubes match. It, it was new, non-burned and skinny light tubes and it was like 100 of them. It's the first uh, 100 light tubes match in Eastern Europe. And I was too drunk to understand what I'm doing. You can uh, find that match on YouTube until we didn't block it. Ruben alcohol is the shit. I like it. So, so, so I just have to make sure that I'm fully understanding here because I don't want anything to be lost in translation. You are talking about 95%, and, and please help me with this name, uh, Jesse. It starts with an I. Like isopropyl uh, alcohol. Thank you, yes. Uh, the, the stuff that you put on cuts and scrapes and, and burns like hell when you do it. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, for medical, like uh, pure alcohol. I don't know if rubbing alcohol or how you call it. Just 95% of alcohol in a bottle. God, how, how are you alive? <laughs> I, I know, really, you know, it's like I came to my friend's garage. It was a party. And they said to me, did you ever drink urban alcohol? I said, no. Do you think it's, like, uh, safe to drink? And they said, we drink it a lot of, uh, and just try it. And, you know, I tried to drink it, and that's, that's cool. And I take a bottle, took a bottle with me to the semifinals and drink it whole day, and that's cool. You know, great. It was great. I mean, did anybody else say anything about... A motherfucker running around drinking rubbing alcohol in the, I mean, like, that's just, I, I don't know if it's different in other places, but I will say here, that is. That is going to throw you in a, in a nut asylum. Here, that's very not, I mean, like, we're all kind of instructed not to do that at all ever, probably. Like, <laughs> like it, it's Didn't more. president just get in trouble for suggesting that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not so you know, maybe in Russia and in USA we have, like, different uh, Ruben alcohol. I don't know, but it was just pure alcohol, 95%. It's not bad. <laughs> That's cool. 
Yeah, I, yeah you know, I mean, I've been smoking. I've been smoking weed since uh, 1992, which is way before you were born. Um, but um, I have never once thought about putting rubbing alcohol on it. I don't think I'm going to try it now because that just sounds scary as fuck. Um, but describe to me, if you can, what smoking is doing while on rubbing alcohol. What, what is that effect like? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's a uh, it, it's a smooth effect on your brain. You you became like very you became very happy, very calm down. I I I didn't have that the same effect from vodka or beer. It's a different effect. But uh, you know, guys, please, uh, all viewers, don't try this at home. Because maybe you have different rubin alcohol that here in Russia. I don't know. So I, I, I didn't even throw up. I didn't uh, have the poisoning. And my liver is okay now. That was just cool. And you know, guys, uh, like interesting facts about weed and uh, drugs in Russia. You can go to the jail for like five years for weed in Russia. Can for what now? You say five years for a fucking joint? Yeah, yeah, you can go for the two or five years to the jail in Russia for one joint. But you can drink rubbing alcohol. That, <laughs> what the fuck is going on in Russia? That's illegal. That's why I mean, to drink it. Look, the, uh, you can drink it here, but it's, it's, it's like, I don't think they're going to put you in jail for it, but god damn. So, the. I, I just have to make it clear that <laughs> I'm curious enough about this that I had to get on the internet about it. Um, the American isopropyl alcohol that is sold for medical reasons um, is uh, about 70% alcohol, and it's it's called denatured alcohol. So they put chemicals in it to make it bad tasting and nauseating and yada, yada, yada. Um, and they say that if you drink like eight ounces of it, you're pretty much goddamn near guaranteed to die. Like, so it's, uh, that is a different thing. I, I'm looking into this Russian thing, though, and it's saying that one of the most popular intoxicating drinks in Russia is, quote-unquote, medicinal alcohol, um, which is like an ethyl alcohol tincture or rub or something, but it's, I guess it, they're, they refer to it as, as surrogate alcohol, so like people use it instead of vodka. Um, yeah, yeah, some people use it instead of vodka, because like it's more cheaper and the uh, effect is more good, as I said. Wow. This is, this is very unclear, and for again, I've said it three times now, forgive my ignorance, but this is, this is very unclear about what the differences are in... Um, in what they in in what they're referring to as surrogate surrogate or uh, pharmaceutical alcohol over there, um, it's very. I I I mean I feel like it must be different here because if you maybe like, maybe as they said to me, uh, that alcohol used uh, for medical and for mechanic in cars or something. I mean, this is saying that millions of people consume it. 
Um, here's a, I mean, I, I, I think some of John and I being like having our minds blown here is um, kind of has to do with maybe the difference between what these two things are. I feel like it's, I, I don't think it's the same thing. Most of what I'm reading yeah. is, is, is saying that it's, uh, you know, pharmaceutical ethanol and medical alcohol are two different things. I feel like that what we sir, what we have is isopropyl alcohol, which like if you were to go to a drugstore or a grocery store and you wanted alcohol to like um, stave off hurt from a wound or whatever, you would buy isopropyl alcohol. But that shit is not safe to drink. Like I know people that have no. died from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is just this is a different deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think whatever they use there is not. I, we may we may water ours down, uh, or, or you know just put all those chemicals in there to keep us from from doing that. Because here's, here's the reality. You, put chemicals in it. you know what I mean? Right, like, but, but here's the reality: you can go you can go to the dollar store and buy a bottle of of rubbing alcohol for two bucks. Okay, but you got to go to the liquor store and spend twenty to get a bottle of of, of whiskey. So, you know, I can see why the American government would say, okay, we, we got we to gotta do something about this because we'll have people buying all the rubbing alcohol and drinking it. Um, <laughs> Dude, this is, I mean, what I'm reading right now says between 12 and 15 million people a year are drinking the uh, medicinal alcohol that you're referencing. So, like, clearly wow. it can't be the same thing because... Everybody would be dead. <laughs> Everybody here would be dead if we were doing it. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's like two different alcohols, like adenol and medinol, as I know it. So, like, yeah. medinol is a poison for people, and adenol is not. Gotcha. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. That's clarity. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. I know I know a lot of our listeners are going to be going, he, he can't be talking about it. Regular everyday pour on my cut rubbing alcohol. So I'm glad we finally got some clarity there. Good I feel Lord. I feel bad for focusing on it so much, but it was just such a like wait a minute done. Like, yeah, <laughs> Alex, you you've got some stories, buddy. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and just full disclosure here, we we absolutely do not condone any American going to the store and buying alcohol to consume on your marijuana or orally in a shot glass. Please do not do that. Thank you. You know, guys, you have, like, legal weed, so just smoke it. You don't need to buy that cheap shit. Well, it's not, it's not legal everywhere. It's not legal everywhere. So, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right. But I you still can't go, to, go to the jail for five years for one joint. Uh, no, not here. No. No, matter of fact, I don't even think they'll write you a ticket for a joint anymore. So I might be wrong, but it depends on the cop. It depends on the circumstance. It's a, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's crazy. Like, but you guys do, and I bring this up because we're we're talking about alcohol and drugs. You guys do have an opioid problem in in Russia, correct? What? It's in in opioids. Yeah, yeah, Oxycontin. like you know. We have in, Ru- in Russia, we have uh, the most deadly and cheapest drug ever called crocodile. Crocodile. You, you can like search on, on uh, YouTube, Google, Russian deadliest drug called crocodile. 
it's like the cheap version of heroin. Okay. So okay. people rot alive. Well, you don't have to incriminate yourself, but do you know anyone who has done it? Personally, personally not. But you know, uh, when I was a child, uh, at my district, like at my neighborhood, there were a lot of uh, needles and syringes all over the street. So a lot of people used heroin or some drug. Yeah. Well, you know, it, don't don't think that Russia's alone in that. We we are combating a a horrible methamphetamine and heroin and opioid addiction in America today, and uh, I, I tragically know many, many people who have succumbed to those things, and, and you know, I, man, it's just, it, it's awful to see, uh, yeah. you know, how, how that, how those things can just take control of your life, you know. Um, weed has always been my drug of choice, but outside of weed, wrestling has always been that high that I've been after. You know, when when I'm in the ring, from the moment I step in the gorilla position and 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 go out, I'm, it's it's like a euphoric feeling. You know, uh, nothing else matters. No pain. No, there, there's nothing uh, until about five hours after the show. Uh, and Jesse, being in the music industry, I'm sure you, you experienced something very similar. For sure. I mean, um, you know, I've I've booked several thousand shows in my day and, and toured a lot, both playing and, and doing um, business stuff. And it's, you know, for in those things, it's short bursts sometimes, especially with the tours, you do the same thing every day, you know, day in and day out for a month and a half, two months at a time. And then when you get home and you're like, man, I miss my friends. This is awesome. But every night at the same time, when you normally be gearing up to like either go on stage or watch somebody go on stage and, all the subsequent things that happen after you get geared up to handle business and you get in that go mode. And it's like, if you got nothing else going on, I have like, I won't say PTSD because it's disrespectful, but I had some like pretty serious weird jitters after the first couple of tours I went on <laughs> the same day, like the same time of day, every day. That that brings me to my next thing. It's a good segue um, to, to kind of change the, change the, the direction of the show a little bit. Let's get off the uh, the drugs, um, as they like to say. Uh, just say no, uh, America and Russia. Just say no. Um, bullshit. Let Let's talk about pre-show. Uh, let's talk about pre-show um, um, uh, rituals and and stuff of that nature. I know a lot of guys in America. Um, they you know before big death match or before big match period. They'll they'll eat a small meal. They'll you know say a prayer. They'll put their headphones on and just kind of get lost in music. Uh, I myself, you know, I pace back and forth a lot, um, rub my hands and, and just pray to God that I don't screw anything up. Uh, what are, what are some of your pre-show rituals that you go through before going out and performing? Before the match, I pray and I drink beer sometimes. That's all. Okay. That's it. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, Jesse, go ahead for a minute. Um, I heard something that I thought was sort of interesting on um, a different podcast that you did, Alex, about a year ago, and I'm curious about it, because I, for whatever reason, it really stuck with me. And uh, there was a, a mention of someone that had made 
like not an accusation necessarily, but maybe suggested that um, there was fake blood being used because they yeah. didn't necessarily yeah. understand deathmatch stuff. And I'm yeah. just curious to hear you expand on that because that seems like the craziest thing ever from my perspective. Like you should, I, how could you not tell the difference? And I'm just curious. As, I mean, is that like one instance, or is that something that's come up repetitively? Uh, that shit uh, all the time, you know. We have a lot of fans who think that blood is fake, that we have some capsules with blood inside of our skin or some bullshit, you know. There's a lot of fans who think that blood is fake, that it's ketchup or just paint. It's hilarious. I mean, I've watched your matches, and, like, you uh, you, you know... I got eyes. You can see it. <laughs> you can see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Unless you injected fucking ketchup into your veins somehow, then I don't see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, is that is that probably just a part of people not necessarily understanding deathmatch wrestling, maybe not getting it so much? You know, most of the people here uh, said that pro wrestling is like characters, it's fake. Uh, and that's why they don't believe that blood is real. Yeah. It's, it's like they won't they won't hear that like anything different than what they think. I guess probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What are uh What are some of your goals? I mean, once you know, obviously there's lockdown over there. Travel is definitely extremely hard right now. But um, I know. Sitting, sitting under the learning tree of somebody like a Matt Tremont and some other folks is a thing, and making it to America to, to wrestle, but like, what's some stuff just specifically you really just want to do once everything opens back up? Uh, I want to do more bookings, more matches, uh, as uh, more as I can. You know, every month I'm in uh, 20 hours in a road to the shows every month because Russia is big and we have only like five promotions and uh, the road is too long. You know what I mean? Like 20 hours from my town to the new show. You said you don't have a car, right? So how does that work? Trains. Oh, that is a different deal. I sit in a train for 20 hours. Jesus. That's 20 yeah. hours. One way or both music. ways? One way. <sighs> 20 hours one way. And like, after the show, 20 hours to the helm. And so you, you got nobody. I mean, you ain't traveling with nobody. You got, like, you're just by yourself. No, sometimes I travel with my girlfriend, sometimes with my friends. But sometimes I'm alone, like 20 hours. With my thoughts, music. That just seems astounding. It, it really does. And, and you know, to, to put it in perspective, you know, I, I, my, my claim to, to the long travel is 26 hours from Alabama, to, from northern Alabama to Buffalo, New York, uh, one way. Okay, but that was with stops. That was taking a rest and, and sleeping for a few hours and so forth and so on. I could not imagine 20 straight hours in a train without 
being able to stop and stretch my legs and go to the store and, you know, buy my coffee and, and all the things that I like to do on a, on a long trip, that, that is just astounding to me. And you're not, so you're not working multiple shots when you do that? That's like, if you want one show, you're like 20 hours in and 20 hours yeah, back. and like 20 hours one show. Holy shit. I mean, that is just, Lord. That is dedication, good brother. That's that, a, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. A, I mean, like, that is huge. We we can't get some of our independent guys to go more than forty miles from their home. You're going twenty hours one way. That that is love right there. That is that is love for what you do. And uh I applaud you, Alex. That that's amazing. Thank that, you, that is, Thank wow. Wow. Um, Jesus. fucking forty hours to and from. I I'm trying to wrap my mind around this now. I was I was really flabbergasted by the rubbing alcohol, but just knowing to spend 40 hours on a fucking train is Jesus. I mean, I. I mean, that's an American. That, that that's a work week for on uh, on a show. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Wow. Now, man, that you you bring up a good point there, though, Jesse. Let Let's talk about that. Um. So in America, uh, for the most part, a lot of guys. You know, they'll make uh, their trains, they'll make a little bit of extra on top of that, and, you know, we'll call it a day. You know, uh, top-tier guys might make, you know, three or $400 in a shot, but they're not traveling 40 hours for it either. Um, you know, they, I don't want you to disclose what you get paid, obviously, but, you know, does, do the, does the ends, I mean, do, do do the means justify at the end of the day? Do, do you get enough to, to cover your expenses and, and uh, you know, say this is really worth it? Or is it just for the love of the game? For the love, you know. But most of the part for the love because um, some shows uh, was unprofitable because of the small crowds. Uh, because, like, uh, we have a lot of fans in the different cities and not every fan uh, wants to do it 20 hours road to the show, you know? Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, shows are unacceptable, uh, and um, I can't pay taxes from the wrestling money. So most of the part is for the love of the business. Wait, what do you mean you can't pay taxes on it? Mm, I mean, uh, I can live uh, only by pro wrestling. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Gotcha. So, so you have a regular nine to five, everyday type of job, or no? Yes, of course. And just, just for curiosity, if you don't care, Sharon, what, what do you do in your everyday life? Uh, now, because of lockdown, I don't have a work uh, for a while. But uh, I did a lot of stuff. Uh, I was a lifter. I at doors. Uh, I was a bouncer for a few times in a bar, but because of my tattoos, they uh, fired me. I did a lot of stuff. But most of all, I'm a lifter. Did you say a lifter? Lifter. 
Do you know what I mean? Uh, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? What, what exactly does that job entail? Uh, I don't know how to, like, water. Do you understand it? I, I, you, I, I'm, I'm a little lost. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, people want to move from warehouse to another house, and, like, I, uh, like, move their things. Oh, oh, like moving gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a lifter. He, he, okay, they call him lifters there, I guess. Yeah, I don't know so how to, a, like, uh, only English a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, no, um, no, no problem. Here that, that, like, when we hear lifter, it, it usually means somebody that's, like, driving for a ride service company. Like, yeah. uh, it's kind of like yeah. a different taxi. And I was like, he just said he didn't have a car. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but... Well, I mean, speaking of, let, let, let's just ask that question. Do you guys have Uber and Lyft and, you know, things like that there? I know you have taxis. But, yep, you know, like Uber. here. Do you have Uber? Okay. We have it, yeah. Okay. For, for two uh, years or three years now, we have Uber. Yeah, I don't think it's quite that old here either, is it? Uh, Yeah. I mean, we, we, we got it in. So I... Got rid, uh, got rid of my license. Is how I'm gonna choose to say it. In um, <laughs> in 2011, and um, it, Uber and Lyft was not a thing at that point in time, but it was by about 2013. So we're looking okay. at like seven uh, years ish of. of uh, and I mean, that's you know, it was already active at that time in like New York and California and some other places. Gotcha. Nashville was a beta city though, so we got it a lot earlier than a lot of places. Uh, but it's just kind of one in thing. <laughs> so let me ask you, do you, we know you don't have a whole lot of wrestling over there, but what about, you know, things like what we're doing now, podcasts, wrestling related podcasts. Do, do people talk about wrestling, even though it's not, um, as popular there as it is here in the States? Do, do people dedicate hours and hours of their time to produce shows like The Real Side of Wrestling in Russia? We have podcasts, of course, like streams about pro wrestling mm-hmm. podcasts. Uh, I did an article, as I said, for the magazine. That's all I do for now, because like, we have no shows until autumn of some sort. I have, I have two questions about that. Uh, one being, when you say magazine um are, are like do we mean like is it a are you talking like a physical in print hold it in your hands magazine or is it more i mean is it is there physical, an online physical. That's the crazy physical ones. that was always one of my favorite things and i still i mean i have i have a pretty large collection myself of the ones that we had here but they are not popular in the states anymore at all like they almost don't exist we have the only one magazine, like first magazine about pro wrestling, and now it's it's a four issue. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, I remember being a kid and going to like Kroger and seeing like uh, the Pro Wrestling uh, Illustrated and uh, what was the other big one? Uh, uh, shit, I can't remember what it was. I mean, uh, there's there's PWI, which is like kind of always the bigger bigger deal for me. But like, 
you know, WWF had all theirs, and that was kind of cool. And then, like, if you get on into the 90s, WCW had one. ECW had one that was very short-lived. And then there was this one called Wow, those World of Wrestling, that was Bill After's, like, other magazine. That, yeah, that was it. World of Wrestling. I just went on. To be honest, that shit, that introduced me to so much. Like, there there were so yeah. many little, like, they were covering XPW when it first started and stuff and, mm-hmm. out in California. Mm-hmm. I never would have known about that shit had it not been for, like, going and buying those magazines. But, I mean, they haven't really been a thing. I mean, they exist here, but they haven't been – you can't really walk in a Kroger and find anything other than maybe a PWI, depending on where you Yeah, live. I was going to say, that's the only one I still see out uh, that it's prevalent anymore is PWI. Do you all have Pro Wrestling Illustrated in Russia? Or, or no, 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 anyways? no. No? Never saw it in my life. But do you have a dedicated wrestling magazine there? Yeah, now we have. Uh, it's called Spotfest. Spotfest, okay. Yeah. Do you think I can order one? Because I'm fucking curious. Is it is it in English or is it all Russian? No, all Russian, of course. Do I still order that motherfucker anyway. All the Russian <laughs> language, but I think you can order it, I think. Because the I, I, guy who, uh, who printed, who doing it, he fly uh, to the U.C. sometimes. And uh, as I know, he knows Jeff Cannonball personal. And he uh, was at CZW shows, Game Changer Wrestling shows. As, as I know it, he was uh, in, like, independent shows in U.S.A. as a fan. So sometimes oh, wow. he went to the U.S.A. He's a big fan of wrestling, and now in Russia he prints uh, that magazine. There's a lot of articles and information about Russian uh, wrestling scene and like American independent scene, WWE even. You know, mm-hmm. I can send you the Let pictures me... of it, and uh, yeah, you can order it. I think. Yeah, that'd be great. Please uh, send us send them to us. We would love to check that out. I, I'm I'm very curious as to the kind of content in it. You know, one of my favorite things about the American magazines and Jesse, I don't know how you felt about this, but I would buy like the the Wow and the PWI and whatever the third one was that Bill After wrote. I can't remember it, but I would buy like all three of them every every month or every other week when they came out, and I would compare their their rankings and see how they were different even though they were pretty much written and edited by the same people um and it, and it always i was always really intrigued by how all three magazines could be so different in their rankings even though i knew because i knew how to read that they were written by the same people um uh, it, it, since you all only have one over there, do y'all have like a, a power ranking uh, for for your for your wrestlers there uh, in that magazine, or is there a ranking system? Um, no, no, we don't have a rating uses? system. I think I think we don't have a rating system. It's just an information like entertainment, uh, interesting facts, articles, uh, educate. Okay. So uh, in USA you don't have a physical magazine for now. I mean, we there uh-huh. they exist, but like it's yeah. not they're just hard to find. Much like when I brought up the video games earlier, that was such a huge thing for me um, coming up that like it helped my obsession. 
I was already obsessed with mm-hmm. it, but it, it greatly assisted yeah. it. But now, um, like after that, the magazines were a huge, huge deal. Like any time that I went to buy groceries or any time that like I, you know, we had to go do anything, I would always, if we were at any kind of a convenience or grocery or any sort of store like that, there was always some new magazine out. And there were like six or seven different ones, only about three I cared about, like John said. Um, but I mean, I had them all. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to this day, I still go back and buy old ones. Um, I used to work at a, a vintage, like a really old record store that carries comic books and magazines and stuff like that. And I still go in there even now. I, I haven't worked there for 12, 13 years, but I still go in there when, you know, everybody's not on lockdown. And um, they have a bunch of awesome old you know, 70s, 80s, 90s wrestling magazine. And that's still a thing that I just like having. There's just something about the – it's kind of like having a, a program from a show or something. Like, if it, it, it's just it, – same thing as buying a fucking action figure. I don't know. There's just some visual aesthetic to it that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Wow. Uh, Alex, I think we've just about run the gamut with you. Uh, we have covered everything from rubbing alcohol to <laughs> – Fireballs, um, and beyond. <laughs> oh Lord, Jesse, any 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 last things before we let Alex go tonight? Uh, I got two. Um, one one big quick one. Uh, what what is? How do y'all do on merchandise over there? Is that a thing? Good. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the people here are poor, and uh, I'm in pants, and uh, like I have a stickers now, but I'm thinking about to do a merchandise, the new one for the USA and for the Russia. I even have a panties and we developed the print now. So I think to sell it in Russia and USA, but uh, I suppose there will be more sellings in USA than in Russia. Well, I mean, that's definitely not a bad thing. John, I think you might got one. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, <clears throat> at least for some of the bigger shows like uh, the Game Changer Wrestling Tournament of Survival, the Nick Gage Invitational, certainly Tournament of Death for Combat Zones, um, and uh, quite a few others. We we have some fans that come from all over the world, from Japan, from Europe, from Germany, from uh, we had a a, a, la- or a gentleman from Africa. Uh, come in to the GCW show last year for TOS. Um, I know you said a lot of your shows over there were kind of, you know, lower end, 200 people or so. But for the bigger shows, you know, do you all experience any international fans coming in just to see what you guys do? Uh, I remember a few guys from India. I remember a guy from England even. I suppose, uh, but you know, uh, most of all, we have international workers in our I- main promotion. Gotcha. Okay. So we had uh, Ultimate Black last year here. Oh wow! And uh, in our main federation, uh, we had like Sami Zayn, Hassad, uh El Generica. So most of all, it's international stars than fans. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. But that's cool. It's a great experience. 
more new information. New information uh-huh. is never bad. Um, I think, you know, that I'm I'm probably, question-wise, I think I might be out. John, you got anything else, brother? Uh, I think we have covered the gamut with, with Alex. This has been one very, very interesting interview, and I'm sure one that once we start to plug it is going to probably get a lot of downloads. Um, just off of the rubbing out. I think we've got some shirt ideas here. Uh, also, just off of some of the, just off of some of Alex's quotes. So, I think I can market that into some shirts. <laughs> well, we'll make we'll make sure to give a brother a rub if that ends up going down at all. <laughs> Alex, man, thank you so much for coming on. It has just been a pleasure, man. I've I've really enjoyed this interview. Thank you, guys. It's my pleasure. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's been Alex Nebev uh, joining us from Russia, from Eastern Europe, uh, however you want to say it. It, it has just been a great interview. Uh, we're going to be back on Thursday night. I've got a special interview uh, coming up, so take a look at the Facebook feeds and at the Instagram and Twitters, which Jesse will fill us in on in just a second. If you want to know who that guest is, I will not announce it tonight. You have to either tune in or check out the social media. We still have the Bloody Mania 7 DVD we're going to be giving away, as well as a Horace Land DVD, and after the 20th, I will pick up the GCW DVD. So be in my, <clears throat> bear in mind that if you want to enter into those contests, you got to follow us on social media. Jesse, tell them how they can do that. You can go to the, if you search Real Side Media on Facebook or facebook.com slash Real Side Wrestling, you can go to Twitter at Real Side Of, and you can go to Instagram at Real Side of Wrestling, where you can find us all online and all our fun glory. Um, I will say that in the wake of a lot of everything that's been going on, um, pandemic things, protest things, uh, political items and stuff like that, we definitely have not been as active about promoting our wrestling podcast because there's got to be room made for other voices and people that are marginalized. So um, we're not on the same frequency and whatnot, but we will definitely make sure through all of those outlets to get you guys that information and anybody who wants to give a like, give a follow, all that fun stuff, we're here. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, again, uh, real quickly, do you want to plug uh, how people can find you on Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, whatever other social media platforms you're on? So as they posted, I don't have a Twitter, but uh, now I have a fake Twitter. Someone did it. Uh, and, I saw uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So I have an Instagram, LightTubeZlava. That's the name of my Instagram page. And I have a Facebook. So subscribe to my Instagram. I need more followers. And uh, I, have, I had a previous page, but it was blocked because of violence. Stupid. Uh, Instagram events. Uh, so again, thank you guys for for this podcast. I really appreciate it. So see you soon, I guess. Yes, sir. I, I look forward to it. Thank you so much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. Until Thursday for our special show for Jesse Baker. I'm John Gray. You've been listening to the absolute best kept secret in pro wrestling podcast. New today, the real side of wrestling. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>